Hello, and welcome to Catholic Women Lead, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Women in Business. I'm Elise Gallagher. And I'm Taryn DeLong, and we're co-presidents of Catholic Women in Business. Whether you're a working mom, a young professional, or business veteran, fitting work in between nap times and kid pickups, or discerning your next steps, Catholic Women in Business is a resource and community for you to grow professionally and spiritually alongside other women. On this podcast, we're sharing tips, advice, and inspiration from leading Catholic businesswomen to help you grow your career or business faithfully. We believe in what Pope John Paul the Great called the feminine genius, and we're here to help you tap into yours and use business to make the world a better place. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello, Catholic Women in Business. This is Taryn DeLong. I am here today with Heather Murphy, who's the Director of Development at Couple to Couple League. Heather, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Heather, can you uh, start off just by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your career and the work that you do now? Sure. So I'm Heather Murphy. I'm the development director for Couple to Couple League, um, which means I do the fundraising and grant writing for the organization. Um, I've been doing fundraising for over 20 years for nonprofits at regional, uh, local, national levels. And it's something that I really enjoy, but um, CCL is an organization that's near and dear to me, and I've really enjoyed working with them and helping spread the word of the great work that they do. And what is, can you tell us a little bit about the work that, that they do? <laughs> sure. Yeah, so we are a Catholic nonprofit organization that's been around for over 50 years, and we are rooted in teaching the symptothermal method of natural family planning. So there are lots of different methods of natural family planning. So what it means by symptothermal is you observe two primary biomarkers, uh, your basal body temperature and your cervical fluid. And with those two biomarkers, you can determine where you are in your cycle, your fertility cycle, uh, You know whether you're fertile, infertile, and identifying those phases can help you to either achieve or postpone a pregnancy based on your family planning needs. So um, as the name implies, couples, teaching couples is where we get our name from. So traditionally, we have had volunteer teaching couples, teaching engaged or married couples, the symptothermal method. I forgot that that was the model that Couple to Couple League uses. I, I love that. I don't want to get to off track, but I think that's great having um, like couples who are actually using the method teaching other couples. It's like, I'm, yeah. it may be like a mentorship opportunity as well as just learning the, the practicals. Right. And it's a team effort that way. You have both the husband and the wife equally invested in their family planning. All right. So what um, you are on the podcast to talk about today is a new program called Revelation 90. So can you tell us about that program, how it got started, what its purpose is? Yeah. So as I mentioned, traditionally, we're couples teaching couples, but we are realizing as those couples, as those women come to us, so many of them are saying, I wish I had learned about this sooner. I wish I knew more about my body when I was a teenager, or when I was in college or a young adult. So we really designed this program to be that sort of great entrance into learning fertility awareness, but also a holistic look at your health and wellness. So Lent is our kickoff. We thought that was a great time to, to launch a brand new program. And it does go for 90 days. So not only is it the 40 days of Lent, but then past that into our joyful Easter season and ending on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So it's a great bookend for the liturgical year, you know, highlighting those celebrations. Um, but there's three core components to it. So the cycle tracking and fertility awareness with us 
um, in our Peak Day app. Then we've partnered with SoulCore, which is prayer and movement and exercise. So they have stretching and core exercises with prayer through the luminous and glorious mysteries. And then we have nutrition with Temple and Table. And that Amanda is really going to talk about how your nutrition affects your cycle, how you can really work with your cycle for what things benefit you at different times during the month and um, and how just those great things that can help if you have issues like PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, or maybe you have heavy cramping or bleeding. There are nutritional alternatives that can really help deal with some of those issues as well as just general wellness. So it's really a great component. It's all tied together with a journal. We have an online portal for webinars and online resources. So you can really kind of create your own journey depending on which of those areas you want to focus on most and then see how they all kind of play together. So is this just for married women or can can any can single women do it as well? No, absolutely. It's for single women too. Um, and that's, I guess, what I was leading into before with, you know, so we've traditionally been married couples, but we're seeing, you know, even more women need to know this. So it's really designed for young adults to to have that supportive community in learning fertility awareness, because it can be overwhelming and there's a lot of questions. And so it's this great community of these three organizations, plus we have participants that are already registered from around the world. So it's going to be a community of women coming together, supporting each other, learning from each other, and really helping you to understand what your cycle is and how you can improve it without without the pressures of family planning. You know, that's why we want to encourage young adults. It's appropriate for teens and young adults, too, that are just learning and trying to understand their cycles. I love that. I learned when I was single and it helped me with uh, some health issues. And then, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like when you're engaged or newly married is, is a stressful time to be learning how to family plan. So great. Um, What about women who are already charting their cycle, but using other methods, can they still participate? Sure. Yeah. So our peak day app is really user-friendly as far as if you're already charting with symptothermal, it's perfect. It's, you know, an online version of that. If you use a different method that's just mucus or just temperature, you can modify the app to to track those things as well. Or if you already have a system that you like and you use and you're familiar with your cycle, we still have those other two pillars of the nutrition and wellness. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. Maybe you want to focus your goals on, you know, building your core strength and stretching and, and adding prayer into your daily life, then you focus on those soul core goals. Or if you really want to see how your nutritional habits are affecting you and what things you can improve, then maybe you spend a little more time focusing on that pillar of nutrition and implementing some of those things. And it's really great too. The journal goes week by week, you set your goals. So if you are feeling you know, really into it in the beginning and you take on a lot, then you can decide, you know, a couple of weeks in, okay, this part isn't working for me. I want to try this. And so that's a great thing that I love about this too, is we have that variety in there that, um, you know, because for myself, I've been tracking my cycle for over 20 years. So I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, I love our app, but I, I'm familiar with that. But I really, as I'm getting to an age where I want to understand more about how what I'm eating is affecting my cycle. So that's, you know, I'm really looking forward to that part. Um, and I've never exercised with SoulCore before. So those are, like you said, those are going to be the areas that I focus on. Um, 
for me, but I still have the benefit of that community and, and the knowledge that's going to come from all those different areas. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast because we don't, I mean, it's Catholic women in business, so we don't talk a, a super lot about health, but there were two reasons. And one was because this is during Lent. And so I wanted to talk to you about Lent and why the program is being launched during Lent. But I also, um, I love the focus on the woman as an integrated whole person and not just losing weight or even like just focusing on physical fitness mm -hmm. or just focusing on nutrition, but having the whole, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, um, if the woman is married, you know, the, the relationship aspect. Mm -hmm. and so, um, and that is something that I think is important to talk about in the business context, because we don't leave our health at home. When we go to work, we don't, we don't leave yeah. our cycles at home. We don't leave, you know, yeah. our physical fitness at home. It's all, we're one person all the time. And so that's something that I think um, is very important to talk about even in the business context. So I appreciate that the program is really focused on that integration, that holistic look at wellness. Yeah. I think with Lent, you know, so often we focus on, um, you know, and, and rightfully so, it is a time of preparation and sacrifice. But I think for women, like you're saying, you know, we tend to to take on so much that we don't take that step back to take care of ourselves. And that is something that's important. It's a core of who, how God created us. You know, so I think it's a beautiful way to look at Lent and Lenten preparation and sacrifices that we're sacrificing that time kind of for ourselves. I mean, there's the spiritual component to it, but in order to take care of others, of our families or in our jobs or, you know, our employees or whoever we're working with, we need to be that whole person, like you're saying. So this is a unique aspect where, you know, yes, we're giving up of our time to take care of ourselves, but it's really sort of a nourishing way of looking at Lent that, you know, we're understanding our bodies as God created us. We're understanding how those systems work together. We're incorporating prayer into the whole wellness that, you know, de-stressing through the stressing or through the stretching and prayer with Soulcore, how that all affects our whole wellness and our whole being that um, I think that's a great opportunity to offer that up for God to, to take that time to really appreciate who we are and how we were created and offer that back during this time of preparation. And then one of the questions that we had online was, what about the joyful season of Easter that follows it? Because we go into that and I think it can very easily transition to, you know, it, there's going to be changes and there's going to be hard things that you have to do in the beginning that will feel like Lenten sacrifices and trying to understand your cycle and track these things and, and do these things. But then there's that joyful side at the end of understanding and having a better appreciation of our bodies and how we were created. Um, and sort of to kind of bookend that, that we have a cycle IQ <clears throat> that you take at the beginning that's sort of a little quiz on your general cycle knowledge and how our bodies work, but then specific questions about your own cycle and issues that you may have. So you get a score in the beginning and then you take it again at the end. So you see that improvement, that you've gained knowledge, that you have better understanding, that you're you're improving those things that may have been problematic for you. Um, so there's that overarching idea too from, you know, the penitential beginning in Lent to the celebratory ending in Easter and Our Lady of Fatima that just incorporates everything that we are. I love that because it is a journey and it's, I think it is one that can ultimately bring us closer to God. It's, I mean, I, I have PCOS uh, that you mentioned earlier and I've okay. had 
multiple endometriosis surgeries. And so I've had this health journey and it is, I mean, it is hard, even if you have normal cycles sometimes, because it's just makes life hard and, and it's inconvenient. <laughs> right. you know, and so it is tempting right. sometimes to, to let that come between you and God and to be like, why did you make, make me this way? But I think through these types right. of programs, you're really learning about why you're made this way and how it all works. Mm-hmm. That it can really help you appreciate the fact that you were made, we were all made in the image of God who loves us. And so, but yeah, at first mm-hmm. that definitely, it can be more of a Lent than an Easter for, for a while. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, just to, well, not really pivot, but um, I wanted to get more into that integration and just hear your thoughts on what that looks like from day to day of, of having that integrated mm-hmm. whole self and not, you know, siloing your, your body and your cycle and your mind and your soul and your relationships, but just show up to yeah. work your whole self. Right. Yeah. So I think for myself, I mean, that's one of the great things is this journey can be different for everyone. Um, and like I said, you can kind of pick and choose your goals. But for me, journaling, having the journal um, to track what my goals are. And, you know, so I'm going to check off that I that I tracked my cycle in the app. But I'm really interested to see, to incorporate some of the recipes and some of the nutritional um, guidelines that Amanda from Temple and Table has given us. There's a, when you sign up, there's a pantry um, preparation, like how to prep your pantry for Mm -hmm. Lent and some startup recipes to get going. Um, So just kind of appreciating too, because that's another thing I think to Lent, eating during Lent always seems like such a chore, right? But she has some great recipes that nourish you as well as meeting those guidelines of, um, of sacrifice, you know, that it's still sacrificial, but it's not like bread and water, which (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that either. If that's your, if that's your Lenten fasting, but it's just a different way of doing it. So for me, you know, and we were talking as a team last night, um, that, you know, she was saying track. One of the things I'm going to try to do is track what foods make you feel certain ways. You know, if you, if you're eating sugar or something on a feast day, like how are you feeling afterwards? Or if you incorporated more fiber from something else, like, you know, so just being mindful of that and then seeing how that reflects in your cycle. And then again, with the the fitness, you know, I often don't take the time for prayer that I should. And so being able to do the prayer and the exercise together, I think is a great two for one that, you know, being a busy mom and a working mom, that's something that is helpful when you can kind of consolidate the things that you need to get done. Um, you know, so, <laughs> so I think those are the areas that I'm really going to try to focus on, um, you know, setting aside and maybe not every day, like I'm not going to stress about getting it done every day, but if, even if I just start off like two or three days a week that I incorporate a new recipe and I can do the soul core exercises, or I can watch one of the webinars because we have the weekly webinars from each of our partners. So maybe I take some time out and just sit and be mindful and listen to the webinar and and reflect on what I'm learning or what God is showing me or revealing through these lessons. Um, you know, I think there's just so many different ways that you can incorporate it into what you're already doing in your life without it being overwhelming. That's, that's great. And I love what you said about um, not necessarily doing it every day, because I think 
I always have these big ideas for New Year's and then for Lent. And sometimes they're, they're just overly ambitious and not realistic. Um, and then I also like, I've had seasons, um, Lent seasons where I'll start off great. And then I'll, I'll have a couple days where I like fall off the wagon. And then I think I just kind of am too hard on myself. And then I just, I give up. And so I think there's right. yeah. a combination of like setting yourself realistic goals. And also, I, yeah, I think just knowing that you're probably going to not do something that you wanted to do or do something that you didn't want to do and having right. with yourself. Yeah. And that's what I love about the journal because it's each week is its own little like encapsulate, like each week is a fresh start sort of for this, you know, cause you turn the page in your journal and you're like, Oh, I can set new goals this week, you know? So, and there's a spot there for your highs and your lows and your prayer intentions. So I think, Cause like you said, I do the same thing. Like, I think women are hard on ourselves when we have these big ambitions and these big goals. And so to be able to literally turn the page each week and, and look at it anew and say, okay, what did I do well last week? What didn't I do so well? Okay. Let's reevaluate this week. And maybe this week is going to be busier. And so I'm not going to be able to do as much as I did the week before. Maybe it's a quieter week. And so I can try a few things that I didn't try before. You know, so it really is if you can just tangibly see that progress that, you know, you, you accomplished those, you checked them off, you, you know, with the prayer intentions in there, did it, even if you just pray for that person that, or whatever that intention was goal met, you know, <laughs> like that was a work of mercy that you prayed for that person or that you, you followed through on that. So, yeah, I think it's, like you said, it's not too overwhelming. You can adjust and readjust and pray and discern through the program, how God is calling you to use these resources. That was, you said something that I, it sounded so simple. And I was like, why does this never occur to me before? Which is starting at the beginning of each week and saying what's going on this week. Because I, I also mm -hmm. tend to have to do everything the same every week, but the reality is, I mean, I have a two-year-old. So like every week is, I don't like, she's probably sick again. <laughs> and that's unpredictable. But you know, if you have a big project that you know is coming up or you're going to be traveling, you can start of the week. So you can see that in your planner and then you can adjust. Okay. I'm not going to be able to, you know, have as much maybe dedicated, you know, half hour prayer time, but maybe I can fit in more five minute blocks of prayer time uh -huh. and just redoing your goals and your your schedule during Lent based on what's happening each week, because your, okay. your kids don't go away during Lent. Your work doesn't go away during Lent. You have to, you have to fit it all right. in. So it sounds so simple, but that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think at the, at the base of it too, are, you know, for us at couple to couple league, we really want women to understand their fertility. And like you said earlier, your fertility goes with you wherever you are. So at the bare minimum, you can always check your symptoms. Like, do you see cervical fluid or not? Like, you know, and the app takes, that's less than a minute to track it in the app and be done with that goal for the day. So that's something, and we're hopeful that that's going to be a life skill that you develop. If you're new to fertility tracking, that's something that if you take a minute a day, you know, that really is all it takes to check your signs. If you take your temperature, then it's two minutes a day, you know, a minute when you first wake up and then your fertility signs at the end of the day and you put that in the app, that's something so easy that you can start doing now that, like I said, as you understand, and over the, the 90 days, that will hopefully be about three cycles 
to see that baseline, to start to see some patterns in your cycle. And that's going to be a life skill that you carry with you forever. Um, and that goes with you. So if it is a busy week, that's something you can still do. That's an easy goal to meet and check off in your journal. And then, you know, like we just talked about, depending on your week, maybe you need to do smaller prayer times. Maybe you need to eat easier meals. Um, you know, but you can still be successful that week. You don't have to give up and blow up your Lenten challenge and just not come back to it, which I've, you know, certainly done before. Um, but I'm hopeful that this, at least for me, yeah, like reevaluating each week. Okay, what can I accomplish and set those goals? And and then you're more motivated to keep going, I think. When you meet those little goals, it helps that big picture kind of fall into place. And then by the time you get to the end of your journey, you're like, whoa, look at all this that I accomplished. <laughs> There's something about achieving the little things and being able to put like a little check mark or write down what you did that yes. um, it really, yeah, it helps. It like stimulates something in your brain. I don't know what it is, but it really helps you to keep going. <laughs> I know. I've started on the weekends making a checklist like in the notes app on my phone because there's that little bubble that you can tap and then it like moves it to the bottom. And so my husband said to me the last weekend, he's like, oh, in our like afternoon coffee time, he's like, do you have time to sit and have coffee and maybe play a game or do you have things to do? I was like, no, I can do it, but I just want to put it on my list so I can mark it off when I'm done. <laughs> you know, like Just that accomplishment of like drink coffee, play the game. Like, you know. <laughs> accomplished. <laughs> yeah, I I joke some, well, it's not really a joke, it's serious. If it doesn't go on my reminders app yeah. with the little the little circle next to it, it doesn't <laughs> probably it's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank goodness. Sometimes technology is overwhelming, but sometimes it's a benefit that you have it you can ding, just check it off. <laughs> I wanted to um also ask you um this is a little bit of a pivot, but I mean, it's it really what we're talking about this whole conversation, which is, um, and maybe it's easier for you because you work in a Catholic organization, but maybe not. I don't know how during Lent, how do you make sure that, you know, Lent isn't something you're practicing outside of work, but it's kind of infused into your whole day? Yeah. No, that is a great question. Um, and that is a big difference working for a Catholic organization. I came on board last year at the tail end of Lent. But it has been, so I haven't had Lent with CCL yet, but just working in a Catholic organization, we like our team meetings meet every day at noon for the Angelus. So we pray together daily. We are so mindful of each other, like with scheduling meetings. Sometimes someone will say, oh, that's when I go to mass. Can we, you know, schedule it later? Or can we work around that? Uh, you know, oftentimes our team meetings open with prayer or end with prayer or you know, it's just been, we have feast days off, <laughs> which is fabulous. Um, so that has been so beautiful to be able to, to do that openly with your coworkers. I think that makes for such a different dynamic. Um, having worked in other organizations that were not Catholic, um, it is a little trickier. I think it's a fine line, especially in our culture today, to know how how Catholic to be <laughs> publicly, you know, depending on, on the circumstance. That's one of the things I kind of is nice about Ash Wednesday. I personally think when I've been other places before that, you know, it's a day that's kind of acceptable to wear your Catholicism and not, it's not meant for show. I know that, but it is a little bit like, there's a cultural expectation. I think that like, Oh, people are going to be wearing ashes today. And so that's normalized. 
Whereas, you know, other days, if you are sitting at the lunch table and you bless yourself or your scapular is hanging out or, you know, it's something like that, like you might be the weirdo in the group that, you know, that it makes it a little harder to, um, to broach that. But, um, yeah, so I think that's great, but I've, especially I think as I get older, I'm trying to be more mindful of like, this is who I am and this is how I can witness. And so, you know, maybe I put my miraculous medal on the outside of my shirt or maybe, you know, without being in somebody's face, but it's just a, an outward sign that like, this is who I am, or this is uh, what I believe in. And just being that sort of gentle witness. um, I think people can do that throughout Lent. When I used to work at the YMCA, which is a Christian organization, but there was still, um, you know, varying opinions of things. The one year I did do bread and water fast on Fridays, and I tried not to make a big deal out of it, but there were a couple of coworkers that that really made an impression on them. And by seeing me do that and offer that sacrifice, it kind of motivated them. They were sort of lapsed Christians, you know, like to to think more seriously about hmm, maybe I could do something this Lent. So I think there are ways you can kind of like subtly work it into your work environment without being showy or not making a big deal out of it, but just being that witness to others. I felt like that was always my temptation when I worked um, full-time for non-Catholic organizations was to not be like, I have an ash on my forehead. I'm a great Catholic. I'm not eating meat today. (laughs) I just, to like, congratulate yourself or at least it is it is for me and um, I remember I know this year Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day and it was um like 2018 and my office had a Valentine's Day potluck and so there were like there was like cake and cookies and all kinds of stuff and I like kept having to remind myself like a big deal out of the fact that you can't you're not eating any of this and uh Mm -hmm. yeah I probably made a bigger deal about it than I should have it was hard. <laughs> oh, that would be hard. That's a day where like you just call in sick. <laughs> be home by yourself and sad. Um, no, but that is, I think, you know, and that's truly a Lenten sacrifice when it's that that in your face. Um, you know, that's hard. Good for you. <laughs> I think there's also like more subtle mindset shifts that we can make during Lent. Back in high school, one year, I gave up complaining about a particular teacher for Lent because I realized Aww, that I was complaining yeah. all the time. And I think um, the small things like that in the workplace can can help us. Um, I mean, just be better mm-hmm. co-workers. I'm sure I was a better student <laughs> during that period of time. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just help us to bring that in the workplace in a very subtle way, but still kind of helping us stay in the Lent mindset throughout the season. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's always interesting. Like, I love talking to people about what they do for Lent or what they give, because I think everyone is so different. And there's so many different ways that you can sacrifice things or add things into your your schedule. Um, I teach seventh grade CCD for our parish. And it's fun to talk to the seventh graders, like giving them some alternatives, like maybe you take cold showers, maybe you sleep on the floor, give up your pillow. And these are things like, oftentimes these are the kids that are just like, no, I give up chocolate. I give up ice cream, you know, like, but helping them to think outside the box that, you know, it's just interesting. Like, I don't know. I think it just is a little window into each 
person's personality of the the style of how they do their Lent. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about after the program's over, or even, I mean, just more broadly after Lent is over, um, what, how can women kind of continue what they've learned and continue with some of the practices and um, for, you know, once the program Revelation 90 is over? Yeah. So that's one of the things I love about this too, is I think, you know, 90 days is a great time frame to start new habits. I think, you know, I think kind of the standard is 30 days starts a new habit. But so 90 days is, you know, a great way to, like I said before, with if you're new to fertility tracking, that by the end of 90 days, that's a life skill you're going to have that you can keep working on. If you've worked in some of the nutritional things, maybe you're drinking more water, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to want to keep drinking, like being hydrated, you know, or if you're working in some of the the other nutritional things, you might have that as a part of your regular routine. And again, the exercising too, like if you have enjoyed setting aside that time to do that movement, to be mindful, to have that prayer time, I think that's a habit that could very easily continue on. So each of these things, even though it's sort of a Lenten sacrifice or a Lenten practice, all three of those pillars individually, but then also combined are things that are just going to help us be better women, better moms, better coworkers, better Catholics, that you know, that that's something that you can carry on beyond this program. And we're also like, we're using an app, it's called Called, to to build community. So we're hoping that this group of women too will make some connections, even though we're all remote and we have participants from across the world, we're hoping to be able to build this kind of community of support that these people can keep in touch too. These women will have that community of support that you know that you're not alone and you you kind of make some of those connections beyond this that that will stick around and just know like it, it's hard, but you don't have to do it alone. There are like-minded women who are trying to do the same thing and we can support each other through prayer and through community and in accomplishing these goals that, you know, after 90 days, that's, you know, imagine when you're on a retreat and you do, you know, a weekend together with that, that bond going through this program together for 90 days, I'm hopeful that that we'll be able to support each other with those habits beyond the program. That's beautiful. All right, Heather Murphy, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us on Catholic Women Lead. It's been great having you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Catholic Women Lead. We hope you feel inspired in your vocation as a Catholic woman in business. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Catholic Women in Business or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Catholic Women in Business. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.